So we start this Sunday our a sermon series uh, on the United Methodist vow. Every time someone becomes a member of the United Methodist Church, there's a part of our liturgy that we say together, and we make a commitment to contribute to our congregation, to contribute to our church through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Okay? And we're going to take some time to talk about each one of those things and what it means for us. Today we're going to be talking about prayers. What does it mean to contribute to uh, the church and the community through our prayers? Prayer is such an important part of who we are, amen, as Christians, as a congregation of faith. I remember growing up in church and seeing how other people prayed, and there were people in my church who were so good at praying. They were so good. They prayed with conviction and with eloquence, and it was always extemporaneous. They would just stand up, start praying, and boy, that was such a, a sight to behold. It was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a pretty beautiful thing to see. Um, but from a young age, I just knew that I couldn't pray like that. No way. Uh, a prayer was basically asking for, uh, for something, as I understood it. And, um, um, you know, if you were sick, you prayed for healing. Or you could ask for a new job, or you were better relationship with someone, or a car, or whatever, you know? Um, that was my experience with prayer as I was growing up. Something that was done well by some people, but always something to ask, uh, an opportunity to ask for something. But as I grew up, I came to understand that there are different ways to pray, and different reasons to pray. Different kinds of prayer, for different kind, uh, uh, parts of your life, different times in your life. Yes, there are the extemporaneous prayers, the loud prayers. But there are also the kinds of prayers that we read, the soft prayers, the short prayers. And, and you don't just pray to ask for stuff. You pray when you are thankful. You pray when you are frustrated. You pray prayers of affirmation, etc., etc., etc. So the conversation around prayer is extensive. But today I thought I would cover just three basic points. Number one, what is prayer? Uh, sorry, two, two basic points. What is prayer and how do we pray for others? Uh, and my hope is that we can understand that prayer, prayer is such an important spiritual part of our, our spiritual development and that we need to pray for our church and our community. So what is prayer? What do we do when we pray? Um, let me begin by saying what prayer is not. Fair? Uh, prayer is not a competition. It's not a matter of who's better at it. Not a matter of who prays um, better than other people or who's better at it. Everybody can pray in their own way. And I just love to see our children pray in their way. Um, and sometimes, you know, our, our little kids who can't even articulate words, you'll hear them doing their thing and making their noises, and I just thank God because that's just how they express themselves, and I want to know that, I, I just know that God hears them just as well as God hears us. 
So it's not a competition. Also, prayer is not something you do to help your favorite sports team win the game, right? I know it's challenging. I know we want to pray at that moment. <laughs> that's at the, the, the time of our trial, that's when we remember. But that's not, that's not it, right? And prayer is not an excuse to keep you from doing something. I see people, particularly on social media, tweeting about thoughts and prayers uh, when there's a problem, and then decide that that excuses them from actually doing something about, about a problem. That's not what prayer is. Friends, prayer is an opportunity to connect with God and with each other. It can be a moment of introspection. I shared this on Wednesday, but there's uh, one of my favorite stories about prayer. Uh, it involves Mother Teresa, right? And, and she was asked by a reporter at some point, you know, um, so what do you say when you pray to God? And she said, oh, I don't say anything. I just listen. Okay, so what does God say when you pray? And she said, God doesn't say anything. God just listens. So for her, evidently, prayer was a time to listen. And do we need those times to listen? I think we do. I think, um, particularly in our times, we are so quick to bring forth our opinion about something. We're so quick to express what, what's in our hearts and just to talk that just taking some time to listen can be so valuable. And that's what prayer can be a time of introspection, and a time to listen. But also, prayer can be an affirmation of a different reality, and that's what we were talking about this morning, um, an affirmation of another, um, of something else that is possible, a call to action. Um, I believe that as human beings, we are caught between two worlds. The world as it is, and the world as it should be. The present reality and the hope of a new one. So, as Christians, we, uh, we've, heard say, we've heard it say that we are in this world, but we do not belong to this world. Which is another way of saying that we just cannot stop imagining a new reality. As we read in Revelation, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Friends, uh, just recently, this last few days, the reality of war has become um, uh, evident once again. And we've been hearing about war in the Middle East, and violence, and pain, and death. And we can't deny that reality. That is the reality of our world as it is. But we also pray for peace. We affirm a new reality in God, that at some point God will move us to another reality beyond war, where peace is a reality, where the tears of those who suffer 
are dried up, where the cries of those children who experience war will turn into joy. So we are uh, in between these two realities, the world as it is and the world as it should be. But we are moved by hope, which is expressed through our prayers. And prayer cannot be disconnected from the way in which we live our lives. Prayer cannot be disconnected from the ways in which we act. Because if we want to make this new reality the reality, then we have to work for it. We have to work for peace. Friends, there are people out there who are working for war. There are people out there who are working for violence. And those of us who affirm God's love and grace have to work just as hard for peace and grace, perhaps even harder. We have to make it our purpose to bring this new reality here and now. We may call it some other words, we may call it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven as we read about it in Matthew. And isn't it fascinating how the Gospels talk about the kingdom? The kingdom of heaven is near. It's a close, you can grasp it almost, you can see it, you can feel it, but it's not quite here yet. And it's up to us to reach out. It's up to us to make it a reality. So prayer cannot be disconnected from the ways in which we live and act. No, friends, prayer is a challenge because at some point we realize that the world as it should be doesn't just happen. But it becomes real through us. Take, for instance, the Lord's Prayer, which must be kind of important because we pray it all the time. We pray it every week here at the church. But think about the reality we are praying about when we pray the Lord's Prayer. What is it that we are saying? What new world, what new reality, what hope are we affirming when we pray the Lord's Prayer? Well, I begin with our Father, and I believe that even that very first word is an affirmation of another reality. Because we live in a world that uh, is divided. A word that looks for what's in it for me, but when I pray our Father, I realize that it's not my Father that I'm praying for, but our Father. Are you with me? It's not my God that I'm praying for. It's not my uh, connection with the divine, but I understand that God is present in every single one of us today. Amen. I understand that our Father cares not just for me and what's good for me, but for every single one of us, regardless of where we may be in the world. It is not my Father, but our Father. 
Your kingdom come. Friends, I've heard this so many times. And I gotta tell you, it's such a challenge because when we pray, uh, your kingdom come, we have to let our kingdom go. When we affirm God's grace and authority in our lives, we have to put aside our own authority and our own vision for the world. Give us our daily bread. What difference does it make? Or what difference it makes when we realize that sometimes the bread that God gives us is through, uh, comes through in the hand of another person who's willing to share what they have with us. How, what a difference does it make when we realize that sometimes, sometimes God will provide bread to other people through us, through you and me. So daily, daily, we, bring, we work and serve to bring about that reality in our world. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Are we willing to extend grace to others as it's been extended to us? Are we willing to give freely that which has been given freely to us? Can we make an effort to see other people the way God sees us? Can we forgive as we are forgiven? Deliver us from evil because we cannot deliver ourselves. Because we understand that we are weak, but God is strong. In our time of weakness, God can move us forward. In our time of weakness, God can affirm strength in our life. Give us the way forward. Friends, these are all challenging statements that we pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer. And we're praying in the face of war, in the face of violence, in the face of weakness, in the face of division. We are praying for grace. We are praying for love. We are praying for unity in a world that needs it so much. So as we pray and as we say these words, are we able to walk the talk? Are we able to live our prayers? You know, I've, I've heard uh, <laughs> people who protest, people who uh, go out and march, say, make, make this statement at some point. You know, sometimes you pray with your words, sometimes you pray with your feet. You go out and march for a just cause. Sometimes you go out and work for someone and you're praying with your hands, amen? It's not your, just your words that bring about the kingdom of God, but the way in which we live. And so prayer becomes just a natural part of our Christian lives. This is why prayer is part of our vow as United Methodists. It, we take it as a challenge to always be dreaming about a new reality and always be open to God using us, you and me, for that purpose. Because God can use any one of us for the kingdom. But we have to be open 
to the guidance of the Spirit. We need to be open to making this new reality a reality everywhere we go. Can we make God's kingdom a reality in our homes? Can we, get, can we make God's kingdom a reality in our jobs, in our places of employment? Can we make God's kingdom a reality in our communities, in our churches, in our country, in our world? But boy, does the world seem like such a big place sometimes, amen? The world seems like such a big place sometimes, and we feel so small. And yet we are challenged to pray for the world. And yet we are challenged to pray for our community. Friends, today I want to I want to share a prayer from this book. It's titled 50 Ways to Pray. Some of you are like, well, there's more than one way to pray. I <laughs> mean, more than two, two ways to pray. No, there's plenty of ways to pray. And I found one that I wanted to share with you today, and it's called um, Prayer for the world. And I thought we could do this today as an exercise. Can we do that? So let's come into an attitude of prayer. For some people, I'm just closing your eyes. For some people, just me, just means paying attention. (sighs) Breathing deeply. Taking some time as Mother Teresa did to listen as God listens to us. And so, make yourself comfortable. Take a breath. And as you rest in God's presence, ask the Holy Spirit to pray in and through you in this reflection. Then relax and enter the following visual visualization. First, visualize where you live. What are some of the concerns you have at home? Where do you experience God's grace, mercy, and love in your home? Visualize everyone you live with. Ask God to show you how to be more receptive to God's desires at home. Now visualize where you work. See your co-workers, your supervisor, and perhaps those you supervise. What issues or concerns are foremost at work? Where is justice, compassion, and hope at work? Do you sense God's activity in any of these issues or concerns? Ask God to show you how to be more receptive to God's desires at work. Turn your attention now to your community. Visualize your neighborhood, your city, or your state, or your region. Any part of it you feel drawn to. What are some of the major issues and concerns for your community? What do you think God wants from this community? How is that being lived out? Is there anything you feel particularly called by God to do in the community? Ask God to show you how to be more receptive 
to God's desires in your community. Visualize your nation or continent. What are some of the most important concerns for this larger geographical area? How, how might God be working in these concerns? Where is justice or compassion hardest at work? Ask God to show you how to be more receptive to God's desires for your nation or continent. Now, in, in your mind's eye, visualize planet Earth. Where is God's love, mercy, and compassion most needed right now? Where do you, what do you think God desires for the planet? How could you cooperate with God's desires? Ask God to show you this now. Now that you have gone from a small circle of concerns, to a global perspective, become still and silent inside. Listen quietly for God's voice leading you to whatever action or situation that needs your attention. Stay a moment with this time of silence. Loving God, we thank you because we can come to you as we are. And you hear our prayers. God, we sometimes, we often come to you in prayer when we ask for things, when we need something. Yet you challenge us, God, to come to you dreaming about the things that we can do in your name. Once again, we come to you asking for courage and imagination to do your will. Help us be attentive. Help us listen to your voice. In the midst of all these other voices that are asking for our attention, in the midst of chaos and, and noise, help us hear your voice guiding us and moving us forward. And help us always keep the connection between our prayer life and our life, the way we act on a daily basis. May we never forget that prayer is where the action is. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.